Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You are listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max right here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Courtney Cronin. Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys this morning in five minutes. The trend of having a number one wide receiver going out and getting them by any means necessary. Why some coaches in the NFL believe that that is a necessity for all young quarterbacks going forward. But first, some sad news to report coming out of Pittsburgh. Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris has passed away. ESPN has learned he was 72 years old. Obviously, everyone knows him for the immaculate reception. The play heard around the world, widely considered the greatest play in NFL history. This is what it sounded like. Bradshaw fires it downfield and there's a collision. It's cut out of the air. The ball is pulled in by Franco Harris. Harris is going for a touchdown for Pittsburgh. Freddie, this news just coming out moments ago. The you know his death comes two days before the 50th anniversary of that iconic play, the play that jolt that jolted really the Steelers into national prominence. Um, in three days before Pittsburgh is scheduled to retire his number 32 jersey during a ceremony at halftime of the game that yeah. they have this coming weekend against the Las Vegas Raiders. I know you had a chance to meet Franco Harris yeah. uh, at one point. What are your thoughts hearing his passing at 72? Well, it just hurts my heart because if you had a chance to even be around him like I was able to back in 2017 where he was a guest at our homecoming at my university Manson University in Pennsylvania and it even has more significance because that was the year I went to my school's athletic hall of fame Mm -hmm. so having something like that happen part of our homecoming and meeting him he could not have been more genuine to anybody and one of my favorite times about hanging out with him that night Courtney after all the ceremonies over they have the football game everything he and his wife were at the local Perkins in Mansfield, in Pennsylvania. And he sees me and my wife, Denise, and we go over and say hi to him and didn't want to bother him because he had had enough to do and everything like that. He said, oh, no, you're not bothering me at all. And people in the restaurant were just falling all over saying, oh, my God, I can't believe Franco Harris <laughs> is here in Mansfield, Pennsylvania. Like, what is he doing here? He could not have been more gracious with anybody that he came in contact with. And, yeah, we'll know him for his football career, being a four-time Super Bowl champion part of one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL. But Google Franco Harris and see so many different things he did to help people mm-hmm. outside of football. An astute businessman, a man of the community, a man of the people. You're going to hear a lot of these stories about Franco Harris, more about the person as well as the football player. And to me, that's the true measure of somebody else, that you don't just know them for one particular thing that they became famous for. He was so famous in so many different things that he didn't draw attention to himself. He didn't thump his chest. He didn't say, look at me. He just did it because he was not just a quality football player, but he was definitely more 
than a quality person. It is just a sad, sad day when it comes to the NFL, really humanity in my opinion. From Mount Holly, New Jersey, to Penn State, to being a first-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he went on to win four Super Bowls during the 1970s. That's what sparked his Hall of Fame career. And and it's crazy timing, too, because his A Football Life is going to premiere this coming Friday on NFL Network, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I know I'll definitely be tuning into that. It's all on the cusp of the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, the play that you just heard here on ESPN Radio, Terry Bradshaw to Franco Harris. We're going to have more coverage on Franco Harris's passing at 72 years old throughout the day right here on ESPN Radio and on ESPN, so we'll make sure to keep you updated on the latest, but truly a sad day in the NFL world, losing one of our greats. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2 is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, How about these number one wide receivers and the trend that we've seen go across the NFL, whether it's the Miami Dolphins saying, hey, Tua, we're going to give you everything you need to succeed in your third season in the NFL. We're going to go get you Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. And then before that, or really right after that, it was A.J. Brown getting traded from the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. And look what that's done to Jalen Hurts' career uh, this season. And you can see my tweet here on the screen. This was a conversation that was brought up yesterday during media availability. I cover the Chicago Bears for ESPN.com. And the Bears play the Buffalo Bills this weekend. And back in 2019, excuse me, rather 2020, following the 2019 season, Stephon Diggs was not so happy with the Minnesota Vikings and the situation there. He wanted to go to a place where he was going to get the ball more often than he did in Minnesota. So Minnesota ships him out to Buffalo when Josh Allen is in the early part of his career. And look what what that's done for Allen over the last couple years. The reason that the Bills are at the top of the AFC is because what they started building when that new staff, Freddie, came in in 2018 has all been centered around the quarterback. So when we were talking with Matt Eberflus, Bears coach, about this yesterday, this is what he had to say about how having a true number one wideout for young quarterbacks is becoming a necessity in the NFL. I think it is, uh, but I think if you go back in time, it's always been that way. There's always been that the elite receiver, you know, on the outside that has impacted the game. Um, so these guys are the, the, the fresh new guys that we have now, um, and they come in all different sizes, right? You know, all different shapes, all different sizes, all different skill sets, but uh, it's something that you need to have, you know, because they do change the game. Mm-hmm. So, Freddie, I've had a bunch mm-hmm. of Bears fans, some Ravens fans, some New York Giants fans clamoring mm-hmm. for their teams to go and do this exact thing that Matt Eberflus was talking about for their respective franchises to help the young quarterbacks that we're talking about in this situation, whether it's Daniel Jones with the Giants, Lamar Jackson, who's not a young quarterback, the guy already won the MVP, but to help him and support him in the passing game. And then, of course, for Justin Fields going into his third year, feels like that one's a no-brainer um do you think this is becoming more of a trend than we've seen in years past well yeah you know why because they kept trying to devalue the wide receiver position for the longest time and now all of a sudden in modern football if you don't have a dude in the outside with your quarterback you're not going to do anything look at all the contenders in the playoffs when it comes to having that guy wide receiver minnesota you may not like Kirk cousins i understand why but he's got justin jefferson that dude's a dude a wide receiver you look at Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase coming back, they were good without him. They're even better with him. Tyreek Hill with the Miami Dolphins, what he's been able to do with Tua Tungabailoa's career. Also the Buffalo Bills, Minister Stephon Diggs. Dallas Cowboys, you don't like C.D. Lamb, but he's still a number one wide receiver that can go out and make plays more than anybody else they have in their roster. 
more than ever before in modern football, not just in the NFL, but even in college football. If you got a quarterback, you got offense you believe in, you need somebody the defense looks at and says, if we don't control that guy, that's going to be a problem. Now, the one guy that's been able to override that has been Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, but mm-hmm. he's got Travis Kelsey, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is a number one wide receiver in a tight end's body. And sure. you look at the San Francisco 49ers, they got to try to manage Brock Purdy without Debo Samuel, who is definitely a number one dude. If you don't have that guy on the outside, the defense says, man, if we don't control that guy, that's going to be a problem. That's why you had Giants fans sliding your DMs, Bears fans <laughs> sliding your DMs, every, because they know we've seen what that looks like, and our guy doesn't have one. And if we don't get our guy one, then we're not doing our guy any favors, and you're wasting potentially the best years of a quarterback's career but not giving him a fighting chance going into a game having a guy like that. And I think what stood out to me the most from Matt Eberflus, because all coaches are going to say it's 11-on-11 and that everybody matters, but you need a game changer. You need somebody who can Mm -hmm. take over at that position. And to the point of Stephon Diggs, this all came to to the conversation yesterday because the Bears are playing the Bills, and that blueprint of going out and getting your young quarterback in a developmental part of his career, somebody he can be relying on to throw the ball to, somebody who can take over a game as Diggs had demonstrated throughout his early part of his career in Minnesota. Like it wasn't like Minnesota sent Diggs to Buffalo and said, okay, we're just going to, you know, continue on our merry way here. Like they went out and drafted Justin Jefferson right after that trade happened about a month later, using that first round pick to do so. So very clearly having these number one wideouts, And as you've seen in Minnesota, what that's done for Kirk cousins career to be able to put this team in position to be 11 and three big part of that is the play that they're getting from their wide receiver position. Now, Lamar, Here's an interesting one here because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, fans from the Baltimore Ravens all throughout the offseason clamoring, hey, when Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy, maybe give him a look because that receiving core is super, super thin and it was super, super injury impacted this past year for Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews is a good tight end. It's not a similar situation, no. though, where no. it can be like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Hey, Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, that's okay without having a number one wideout. So I wonder, when mm-hmm. it comes to this offseason for the Baltimore Ravens and trying to get Lamar Jackson under contract, whether it's the franchise tag or actually agreeing to a big extension, do they actually provide the guy with a number one wideout for this next phase of his career in Baltimore? They better because Rashad Bateman is a number two, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and he can't there are a lot of them healthy. around the league. Yeah, but he can't stay healthy. They think he was going to be a number one wide receiver. Certain guys can't live up to being that dude and knowing that everybody's game planning against you and you go out there and you make a play anyway. So if you're going to sign Lamar Jackson to that kind of deal, whether it's a franchise tag, long-term contract, you can't have him go against a Cincinnati team where they have two number ones. When you think about Cincinnati, we know Jamar Chase, but that Higgins guy, he's not too bad either. you got to give your quarterback a chance. And if you're not able to run the football effectively, then you do what the Eagles did. we got a running game. We get A.J. Brown. See how that's worked for them and how that has not worked for Tennessee where they did not want to resign that guy and they have not been the same team all year long. Week 16 NFL action underway in a couple days. Be sure to tune in to football jam-packed Saturdays. The Patriots host the Bengals. Coverage beginning noon Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, should Jalen Hurts suit up against the Cowboys this Saturday? That's next, ESPN Radio and ESPN app. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. 
Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Time to play a little hot news or not news with our good friend, Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. Also, the co-host of First Take, Her Take, the podcast, which you can get anywhere you get your podcast. Hot news or not news is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What's up, girl? What's going on? We're good. How about you? I'm good. Get all that Christmas shopping done? Uh, first of all, I'm not a big Christmas person. Let me just say that right now. Um, Look out now. Am, am I a Grinch? No. Um, <laughs> but do you have Grinch-colored nails, though? That's the yes, I do. Yes, I, do. Know. I do. I do. Um. <laughs> Mrs. Grinch. <laughs> but honestly, to me, it's week 16. Like, I, if you didn't, like, you would not know in my world, like, it, Christmas what? Like, I haven't t- had time to. <laughs> I've just ordered some stuff, and it's all in my closet. I've not wrapped anything. I just don't have the time. That so. won't get wrapped until probably week 19. Are you going to be on the road at that oh point? My God. Who knows? Uh, Maybe even night- the postseason. Christmas Please, will be over March. by then. People will be getting their Christmas <laughs> gifts in March. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> all right, well, let's talk a little bit of some Week 16 action. The news coming out of Philadelphia is that Jalen Hurts' shoulder sprain might not be as bad as we initially thought. The Eagles, they're not ruling him out, Kimberly, for this Week 16 game down in Dallas. Hot news or not news? Oh, this is hot news. Anytime you have a quarterback injury, it's hot news, but especially when it's Jalen Hurts, an MVP frontrunner. But Nick Sirianni even told reporters yesterday, hey, his body does his body heals different than ours. Like he is just a freak in that in that respect. You gotta watch him. You gotta be cautious. But Jalen Hurts, you can't put anything past him if he's able to play. And the Eagles are trying to lock up the number one seed. They're trying to get that by. They're trying to this is a team that has Super Bowl uh, aspirations. So Anything regarding Jalen Hurts is important. Yeah, it's definitely hot news because nobody knows the severity of the sprained shoulder. Yeah. They don't know what kind of degree of of sprain, whatever that is, and a lot of people are wondering, oh, should you play him or should you not play him? I think that's more of the hot news situation with Jalen Hurts because we don't know the severity of this sprain. The Eagles are not slow playing it, but they're letting everybody know that, hey, it's a sprain. 
but he'll be able to play with it, and if he can manage it, he's going to be okay. I think that's why there's more hot news than maybe the actual injury itself when it comes to Jalen Hurts and the sprained shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I go to Kimberly's point of what Nick Sirianni said about Jalen Hurts and his ability to heal faster than everybody else. That, to me, is the hot news here. <laughs> Maybe he produces more HGH in his body than the average oh human. No, I'm kidding there. I think that it's just not as severe of an injury as we initially were led to believe. It's a shoulder sprain. We don't know the degree of the sprain, but it does sound like it's a pain management thing more than anything else here, and that, if all goes according to plan this week, he'll be playing in Dallas. All right, Mac Jones said the pain Patriots are not going to fall apart after that bizarro loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on a play that we have been calling the what was it yesterday, Freddie? The lunatic the, lateral. Lunatic That's what lateral. I came up That's with. That's what you call it. Came uh, up with. Yes. Kim, hot news or not news? Uh I I don't I think not news. Um, only because that was so wild. You're never gonna see some God willing, you're never gonna see something like that <laughs> happen again. Um I don't think I think Belichick has a very much like we're on to Cincinnati mindset. It's like, okay, that ending catastrophic. Let's move on, guys. Um, And and this is a team, despite what we've thought about the Patriots not having a consistent play caller or or the Josh McDaniels effect of him not being there. They're still in the playoff hunt. Um, So I think Belichick will have his guys ready to play. I, I think there are bigger issues with this whole team itself than just will there be some sort of lull or, or letdown following that that weird lateral end of the gameplay. Yeah, it's it's not news, and here's why. Because they've already fallen apart. Long before what happened <laughs> with the lunatic lateral, they have fallen apart because oh, it all started right. in training camp when Bill Belichick was very coy about who was going to call plays. And then we found it was going to be Matt Patricia, and there was a collective groan in the New England area thinking, wait a minute, this guy washed out as a head coach of the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. and that's who you're entrusting to call plays with your second-year quarterback and Mac Jones, who we believe in and want to believe in. That's why it's not news to me because they fell apart the minute that Bill Belichick decided the Patriot way was going to be a good way going into a season which they made the playoffs last year, and they're not going to make the playoffs this year, this year and even if they do. Guy calling the plays is not helping your offense when it comes to Matt Patricia and the Patriots. Yeah, this is not news in the slightest. I don't know what Mac Jones is supposed to say. Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah, guys. went out the window. Fire everybody. <laughs> Here's my chance to stand on my Off platform and heads. say, get Matt Patricia out of here, even though that final play had nothing to do with the offensive coordinator. Playing a little bit of hot news and not news here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, joined by our good friend Kimberly A. Martin here on ESPN Radio. Matthew Stafford said that the spinal contusion, Kimberly, that he sustained, which put him on IR, ending his season, is not going to cause him to retire next season. Hot news or not news? Uh, I want to say, like, <laughs> lukewarmy news because it's That's a not quarterback. Game. I know, I know. Lukewarmy, it, it, good word, even though it's not why? a word. Because I didn't think Matt Stafford would retire, um, but – when you think about when we're watching Tom Brady sort of literally on his last leg, looking very every year of that 45 years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you wonder, like, when guys, why do they take so long to say, why do they take so long to shut it down and just say, you know what, I want a Super Bowl. Let me ride off into the sunset. This is the best way for me to exit stage left. But, um, you know, Matt Stafford, he told his wife that. And when yeah. you think about the Giselle and, and the Tom of it all and, and spouses, I'm sure, want their guys to retire and all that. But, you know, they're competitors. I'm more curious to see with the Rams, now that they've brought in Baker Mayfield sort of for the last few weeks of the season, 
is Stafford 100% next year? Do you think Stafford is actually going to win you another Super Bowl? Uh, I would think the odds are that probably he got his he got this one and you know that would probably be it. So I want to see how the offseason works out for the Rams. I'm going to say it's hot news, although he and Mr. Stafford took pillow talk to a whole different level on that podcast <laughs> and putting that news out there <laughs> that he's not going to retire. But it's hot news to me because what are you going to put around Matthew Stafford? when it comes to Los Angeles Rams, because you can't put anything around when it comes to a draft. You don't know what kind of draft capital you're going to have there, a lack of draft capital. You don't have any free agent money that's going to be out there, which means you got to cut some salaries if you're going to do that. That offensive line is in shambles. I mean, people worried about Matthew Stafford's health when it comes to his elbow and his head. They got to worry about that offensive line to make sure those injuries don't reoccur in 2023. So I think that's why it's hot news that he says he's not retiring because he could be in the exact same situation that he was in 2022, and that has not been a good situation for the Rams in 2022. I don't think this is hot news because it would be hot news if he was talking about the elbow injury, which remember that was the one everyone was concerned about earlier in the season, how it was going to affect him. And, you know, truly he didn't look great when he was dealing with that weeks one through what was it like, you know, the halfway point of the season, the concussions and the spinal cord contusion that he had, you know, which led to that neck injury. Those were at the time, I thought things that you could heal from as long as you have rest and recovery, not a degenerative sort of condition. So for me, I'm not surprised that he says he's coming back next year, that this is not going to force him into retirement. Something I'm personally not surprised about, but I'm curious what you think, Kimberly, Mm -hmm. hot news or not news. Zach Wilson's going to be starting for the jets on Thursday night football. It is hot news because the Jets seem to, things seem to be so perfect for the Jets. They have the number two pick. They got this young kid. He's got a strong arm. Uh, this seems like Robert Salas, the the new coach, is coming in, and all of a sudden, they're fans that don't really want to see Zach Wilson on the field. Like he literally in that locker room, it's been the Mike White show. Guys are wearing Mike F and White shirts. They're they're all about it. And I will tell you, Mike White would be starting Thursday night if he didn't get hurt. Um, against the Bills. And I took that video of Mike White walking past me because he was, the guy was just in pain. Mm-hmm. Crack ribs. Um, this is hot news because they would start Mike White if he were healthy, and they cannot. So this each week is going to be a referendum on Zach, Zach Wilson's long-term potential and his future because they have a lot of money tied up in him from the standpoint of the, the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Right, he's on a rookie deal, but the importance of that pick. Um, this will be a very fascinating off season. Well, for let the me Jets. ask you a quick follow up here on that. Let's say that things don't go well for Zach Wilson this week, so they go back to Mike White. Is that in your mind? Is that a no brainer that they end up going back to him for Week Seventeen, or if they continue to push themselves out of the playoff picture in the yeah. AFC, do they give Zach Wilson the final three games to prove himself? This is the big issue because this is a team that is on the cusp of potentially making the playoffs. If you're a head coach, your objective is to win games. Period. Who gives you the biggest chance to win? And that mm-hmm. would be Mike Jones when healthy. So if Zach Wilson does not look good against Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, then and Mike White is healthy going forward, I would think you have to go to Mike White unless upper management is like, you know what, Zach is our guy. This is an opportunity. We wanted to get him back on the field. I think this is this dynamic is really interesting to watch because is it really who's best on the field 
or is it other aspects that are that are beyond the field that come into play? Uh, to me, I'm going to use your term, Kimberly. This is lukewarmy news because the media, yeah, here, here, here's, the game. here's why. No, hey, you don't want to start the word, not me. I'm just <laughs> taking your word and using it when it comes to this. Here's why it's lukewarmy because we know what the situation is, what the Jets want to do, but can they do it? Do they have enough nerve to pull this off? Because, like we've mentioned, you mentioned it, and I've mentioned it before. When you tell everybody who is somebody that we decided to take this guy over Justin Fields and over Mac Jones and over Trey Lance, and he has looked like this mm-hmm. a year and a half into his career, of course there's going to be a referendum when it comes to Zach Wilson. And Mike White comes in and everybody wants to get behind that guy. If you're the Jets, it doesn't take much to say, this is not working out. We got to go with Mike White to go with somebody else. But when you got the guy at that position with the second pick in the draft, when it comes to Zach Wilson, you got a lot of people that you got to answer to, especially in that organization and not just the fan base of the New York Jets. I don't think it's news, or certainly not hot news, because Mike White's not medically cleared to play. He'd be playing if he was. The ribs, clearly, since they're broken, that's going to take a little bit more than a couple of days to heal, especially playing on a short week. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Let's get you out of here on this one, Kimberly. Hot news or not news? Jerry Jones says the odds for the Cowboys in signing Odell Beckham Jr. are fading. Uh, Okay, I want to say not news because every week Jerry's saying something. And I feel like the more he talks, the the more watered down his words become. One week it was like, ooh, we're signing Odell. Next week it's like, ooh, I don't know. There's no traction here. Now all of a sudden it's fading. Odell is a guy who has said, even on LeBron's, you know, the barbershop podcast, whatever, um, that he foresees him going to a team that's in the playoffs. Like he's not looking to play in the regular season. He doesn't see the point of that. So I'm I'm tuning it all out until it's playoff time, and I'm looking around to see is Odell on a roster? Does anybody think Odell can help nope. them, yeah. or is that or is Odell really looking for 2023, looking towards 2023 when he is fully fully healthy? So I'm going to say not news. This is not hot news or not news. This is snooze news. Snooze. Ooh, we're coming up with different terms today. News. You know okay. why, Kimberly? You said it best. He's talking. I want to be on a playoff team. No playoff team is going to sign him. And we still don't know if that knee is right or what he can actually do. And by the time he gets in any kind of football shape, the playoffs are going to be over when okay. it comes to that. So that's why it's not hot news. It's not not news. It's go to sleep, go to sleep oh, news no. when it comes to that. All we need is Steph Curry with that whole meme like that because that's where this is, Odell Beckham Jr. being signed in 2022. It ain't <laughs> happening. It's snooze news. Snooze news, not news, zero news, I don't know. Until he signs somewhere, I'm not paying any attention to what's going on with Odell Beckham Jr. Thank you, FanDuel, for providing us with Kimberly Martin here on this Wednesday for a little hot news, not news. Appreciate you, Kim. Mike Jones. Jones. (laughs) And she wasn't lukewarmy, let's put it that way. No, she was. Always bringing the heat. No, she was not. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X. XM at channel 80 and right now on ESPN to Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman coming up next. Freddie will give you his round ball rankings, the top five most dominant players in the NBA right now. He might be the most skilled big with that size that the game has ever seen. You add his play with this team, it's over. over. Hot sauce, Freddie. Round ball rankings. The game is over. 
Freddie Coleman. I'm Courtney Cronin. You are listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Freddie and I are in all week for the guys. So yesterday when we were hosting the show, we had Joe Dumars, Pro Basketball Hall of Famer and NBA Executive Vice President and Head of Basketball Operations on the show to talk a little bit about some of the big men in the NBA. Here's what he had to say about Joel Embiid. Dominant big man. I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, You know, inside game, outside game, can defend the rim, big, strong guy, you know, presence in the paint. You know, he can go out and just dominate a game. And he's a little bit, not I don't want to say 100%, but he's a little bit of a throwback because you have to deal with him in that paint. And if you're not ready to defend him in that paint, he will dominate the game all night long. And there's not a lot of guys like that in the NBA, but he's the one. that If you put him in that paint and you're not ready to defend him, you don't have a game plan to defend him, he can dominate. So as we shift to Freddie's round ball rankings, Mm -hmm. giving us the top five most dominant players in the NBA right now, according to Freddie Coleman, I'm curious to see where Joel is going to land on your list. But, Freddie, the floor is yours. Where are we starting here? Number five. Well, first things first, I'm not putting Steph Curry in my top five because he's injured. So I'm taking him out. Same thing, Anthony Davis. Or as Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL Alex calls him (laughs) King Cotton when it comes to Anthony Davis because he's soft as cotton. So those two players are out because they're injured and they're not playing right now. I've got Luka Doncic at number five. You can't overlook the fact that over 32 points a game, over eight rebounds a game, over eight assists, and he has been a clutch player. I will say this about Luka Doncic. Dude, stop complaining all the time. It is very, very ridiculous how you have that kind of ability and you look like a petulant teenager all the time and a call does not go your way. It does not take away from, in clutch situations, that guy can deliver. And if Dallas can continue to improve a little bit, we're going to see that once again in the playoffs. I got Luka Doncic at number five. Yeah. Number four. The last time we saw Luka, we saw him get ejected from the game. Same yeah. thing with his head coach, Jason Kidd. Go yeah, ahead, yeah. Number four, Kevin Durant. I mean, I'm glad to see that this year we remember how great that guy is. Because for the longest time and everything that was going around in Brooklyn or going on in Brooklyn that had nothing to do with Kevin Durant, you forget what a skilled player he is and a skilled shot maker that he is. He's averaging over 30 points a game. He's shooting over 56% from the field. Can you imagine what Allen Iverson would have shot at 56% from the field? He would have averaged like 80 in the NBA back then. That's how much of an efficient player he is. He's an underrated defender, averaging over six rebounds a game, averaging over five assists per game. With all that has gone on, we always seem to forget about the greatness of Kevin Durant because so many people want to attach, he's got to be a better leader. He's got to keep Kyrie Irving in line. Kevin's like, look, let me just play ball and get the bleep out of my way. When he's doing that, we see this. I got KD at number four. Number three. I know Alan Yates is going to hate this. But Nikola Jokic is at number three. Alan Yates is a Joel Embiid fan. He cannot stand Nikola Jokic. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, he didn't give him that gift for his birthday. Maybe he didn't get the G.I. Joe, the Kung Fu grip when he was young. I don't know what happened. But you can't ignore the fact that Nikola Jokic impacts the game each and every night. Not just scoring. Not just rebounding. He is third in the NBA in assists at 9.2. Let me say that again. A guy who looks like that plays like that, slows down the game like that, and he's averaging over nine assists per game. Triple doubles, that should be his middle name. He is terrific. He is dominant. The Nuggets have the best record in the Western Conference right now. I got the Joker at number three. Number two. Oh, it's Joel Embiid. That's a, that's a bad 
That's a bad mother shut your mouth right there. It comes Joel Embiid. Inside, outside, can protect the rim. Unbelievable leader. I love the fact that he's not only averaging 33 points a game and close to 10 rebounds, but he's shooting 52.9% from the field. And he's not bad from the three-point line as well, shooting over 35% from the three-point line. If he stays healthy... Maybe, just maybe, we can stop attaching James Harden can't win in the playoffs. Because if James Harden is going to win, it's going to be because of Joel Embiid, what he's been able to do. Night in and night out, at times he's the best player on the floor, seemingly every night. I got the big man at number two. Number one. Giannis right now is the most dominant player in the NBA. There isn't anything he can't do in a basketball court. And when you can impose your will in a game, like we've seen time and time again, averaging 31 points, over 11 rebounds, over five assists. And we don't know how great he's going to shoot from the free throw line. You're hoping that he shoots anywhere near 70%. But he's able to accumulate these kind of numbers, Courtney, without being a dominant free throw shooter. He is so long in the defensive end, it's hard to get past him. And how many times do we see that move where he sets with the defense and he takes those two steps and he's at the rim and there's anything that they can do about that? There's a reason why Milwaukee has the best record in the NBA, not just in the Eastern Conference. Giannis night in and night out. I don't think anybody in the league plays as hard as this guy. And it seems like he doesn't have any of that tired gene that we've seen from other players. Right now, Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA. Just dropped 42 and 10 the other night when the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Pelicans 128 119 on Monday. That's Freddie Coleman and his round ball rankings here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max going from one to five. Giannis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant. And Luka Doncic. Can I ask, though, because uh-huh. I'm thinking about, like, MVP right now because that's yeah. where my brain is. And I know that mm-hmm. when we had Perk on the show earlier this week, we were talking about Kevin Durant and that he legitimately does have a chance no doubt. Uh, in the conversation, considering everything that you had mentioned and just the way that he's playing this year for a team that so desperately needed that sort of guidance to get out of that early season slump to where they're at right now in the East. Did if you were to like, where's Jason Tatum? Is he like six, seven right now on your list? I had Jason Just Tatum. Outside? I had Jason Tatum number six. I had LeBron James at number seven. I had Donovan Mitchell at number eight. Donovan Mitchell has been unbelievably good. I knew he was going to be terrific with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think anybody expected this, where they have the third best record in the NBA because we've seen Spider. Put the, put the venom on people night in and night out. And he just feels reborn. Whatever happened in Utah, him and Rudy Gobert, there was an article about him that, that just weighed him down. He feels free. He feels unleashed. That Cavaliers team is going to be a lot better in the Eastern Conference. So I had him at number seven. And I wanted to put LeBron James there, but here's why I got LeBron James at number eight right now dominant. The Lakers are wasting him because they have been able to sell their soul for a championship, and now they can't put pieces around him. Night and night, he's been terrific. But he's not as dominant because he can't be dominant with the pieces that the Lakers don't have around him. And now another piece is going to be gone with Anthony Davis. And we don't know how, how long he's going to be out with that foot injury that he suffered not too long ago. The countdown to NBA Christmas Day, five consecutive games on ESPN and ABC beginning noon Eastern time. And on ESPN Radio, a doubleheader at 4.30 p.m. Eastern this Sunday. The Bucks and the Celtics followed by the Grizzlies and the Warriors, the NBA on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, Freddie and I discuss, can you really trust Kirk Cousins to win you a big playoff game? Ooh. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Kirk Cousins has never been the starting quarterback of an 11-win team in his career. He also has one playoff win. It wasn't him. Throughout his entire time as a starting quarterback in the (laughs) NFL. Do you trust him? In the postseason, some say yes, more say no. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN wasn't Radio him. and the ESPN app. It wasn't Kirk wasn't Cousins because he's never been in this situation before. Freddie Coleman, Courtney Cronin hanging out for the guys today on ESPN Radio. So mm-hmm. the thing that's weird to me, Freddie, and look, I covered the Minnesota Vikings for five seasons right. for ESPN before I went on to Chicago to cover the Bears. And I've seen the criticism, fair and some a little unfair, Mm -hmm. surrounding Kirk Cousins. And what I don't understand is how coming out of this game where they just beat a four-win Colts team and it took a 33-point comeback after trailing 33-0 at halftime, they had to force overtime, the whole gamut. Kirk Cousins was not the reason they were in that situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's very much a big part of the reason that they got out of that jam in the second half and then in overtime. He threw for 461 yards. He threw five. Tu- he orchestrated five touchdown drives in the second half just to be able to get to overtime. Yet there are some people who still don't trust him to win a big playoff game. And right now, this is an 11-3 and team. That's the two seed currently entering Week 16 in the NFC playoffs. Here's the deal with Kirk Cousins, and there's no getting around it. When people don't believe in you, even if you won a Super Bowl, people are still not going to believe in you. That's why I believe that Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott are in that are on that same line because we've seen time and time again when they've had a chance to make plays, and even when they've made plays, there's been a yeah-but quality mm-hmm. to that with Kirk Cousins. And I've said it for about the last three to four weeks, Courtney, if the Minnesota Vikings don't do anything in the playoffs, you can't place the feet at the blame of the feet of Kirk Cousins. That defense will let down the Minnesota Vikings more than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has 24 touchdown passes. He's completed over, let me say this out loud, he's completed over 65% of his passes. I know he's only 11 picks, but still, those kind of numbers you can't ignore. If we attach those numbers, somebody else would say they have a great season. With Kirk Cousins, like, eh, when you have not won, or when you have won, and people make excuses about what the other team didn't do instead of you, that's why that narrative 
is going to be there, not just with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, but with Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys. So when I was in Minnesota in 2018, the time that he set the NFL world on fire, signing that three-year, fully guaranteed $84 million contract, it was at a time where he had no playoff wins to his name. He had one playoff appearance when he was with Washington and they played Green Bay in the in the wild card round, but that didn't equate to a win. So I think a lot of people at that point said, why are you paying all this money for a quarterback who has no postseason success? Now he has one playoff win to his name, and that came in New Orleans in the wild card round during the 2019 playoffs. And some people are going to say, well, the Minnesota Vikings won that game down in the Superdome because Kyle Rudolph pushed off in the end zone and Mm -hmm. they won a coin flip before that because that game also went to overtime, just like the one that they played in this past weekend. Now there's fair criticisms on surrounding Kirk Cousins about his ceiling and where he can take his game to. But I think the thing that we've seen this season from Minnesota with a a head coach that has empowered him in ways that Mike Zimmer did not over the last couple years Mm -hmm. is the fact that he's a quarterback who is surrounded by supreme talent all around him, whether it's Dalvin Cook in the backfield and you can think back to what happened against the Colts. You know, he had 99 yards after the catch against Indianapolis, which is something that I think really helped kind of break things open in the second half. And then Justin Jefferson on the touchdown that he scored uh, in the second half ran Maybe the most precise route I think I've seen him run, and I've seen him run a lot of them. That guy's bad. So I'm people don't want to give Kirk uh, Kirk Cousins credit for making that stuff happen. They want to look at Kirk and try to poke holes for whatever reason yeah. this year throughout the throughout the entire eleven and three record. They want to say, "Well, Kirk didn't do X, Y, Z. Kirk didn't do this." I just and trust me, I was more critical of Kirk Cousins than most people on the beat in Minnesota because mm-hmm. I found a lot of flaws within his game right. that kept getting covered up by these late game comebacks. His first couple of years in Minnesota, sure, and particularly how good the defense was early on during his time there. But I think at this point, they don't win that game against the Colts unless Kirk Cousins does what he needed to do mm-hmm. to get this team back in the game and to anticipate that they've been they've won 10 one score games this season 10 of their 11 have come down to one score games quarterback has a big re- is a big reason for why they've been able to tip the meter the other way and why things have gone well for them. Well, they have to win those one-score games because the defense is awful. They're yeah. the worst defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game. So, yeah, they're going to be in a lot of one-score games going forward because that defense is going to give it back as much as Kirk Cousins makes plays and that offense makes plays for the Minnesota Vikings. And this is not the fair thing to say, but I believe it's the right thing to say when it comes to Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. When you're in the golden age of quarterbacks and we've seen other guys produce – Everybody looks at you and say, well, what's your problem when it comes to Dak Prescott in Dallas and, and Kirk Cousins in Minnesota? We've seen what Joe Burrow did last year for the Cincinnati Bengals. We've seen what Josh Allen has done for the Buffalo Bills. We've seen what Patrick Mahomes has done for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hell, we've seen what Jalen Hurts has done this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. When you had those quarterbacks out there in the golden age of quarterbacks, all of a sudden you look at other people thinking, okay, what's your problem? Hey, Russell Wilson, why haven't you figured out in Denver when it comes to that? Justin Herbert's starting to figure out the Los Angeles Chargers. You hope that they can stay healthy because there's not a throw that that young man can't make in the National Football League. But Kirk Cousins has gotten all this money, and Dak Prescott got this kind of contract. People are not wanting to hear excuses. They're like, look, Kirk Cousins, handle it or be handled. Dak Prescott. Handle it or be handled. Because if you don't, you're going to continue to see that criticism, especially we've seen other quarterbacks, younger quarterbacks, succeed and do that. 
Joe Burrow last year getting Cincinnati to the Super Bowl, and they were a bad holding penalty away from winning a championship, and what Jalen Hurts has been able to do on, on his way to an MVP with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you're, you're spot on right there, right on the money, so to speak, because money, I think, is what leads to the perception of quarterbacks, that if you've been given these massive contract extensions, which both Dak and Kirk Cousins have, and you haven't produced big wins in the postseason, not the regular season, but the big, mm-hmm. the postseason, off of those sorts of wins, people wonder, well, what are you worth the money? Are you actually worth your salt in that regard? And that's what I'm going to ask you here on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which quarterback do you trust more come playoff time, Cousins Ooh. or Dak? Freddie, real quick, which one's your answer? Is there an option C? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I guess because – I worry so much about Kirk Cousins making a throw that will just boggle your mind. By a credit card level, a credit card length, I'm going to mm-hmm. say it's going to be Dak Prescott, but I don't feel confident about that at all, to be honest with you. I'm not confident in Dak, given what we saw during last year's postseason. So my answer is Kirk Cousins, but hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. Let us know what you think. Who do you have more trust in when it comes to playoff time? Who's going to lead their team to a dub? Coming up next, Carlos Correa. The news of the night, agreeing to a 12-year, $315 million deal with the Mets. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.